In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 52nd episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me, what the show's about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or go directly to the voiceamerica.com business channel. Be sure to download the app, or you can always tune in using your favorite podcast app. Now, if you missed last week's show, I interviewed Ellie Bonplanta. We talked about what she has learned as a counselor of psychology, uh, yeah, counselor of psychology at the Adlerian Institute. Also, how after the end of her marriage to a man in the military, she released herself and her children from that mindset and raised them with a partner-like attitude. In addition, we talked about her role as president of the Employee Representation Committee at UBS during the financial crisis of 2007-2010. She really was the voice of about 30,000 workers in Switzerland. Wow. Yeah, kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. So be sure to check out that episode from August 20th. And today with me is Talitha V, my social media gal and sidekick. Welcome, Talitha. Hello. And How are you? Uh, we do have a guest uh, appearance potentially with uh, her <laughs> adorable, gorgeous dog, Poncho, who may have things to say to us during the show. It's entirely yes, possible. Yes, indeed. I'm actually dog sitting. As you can see behind me, this is not my house. I'm house and dog sitting for the next couple of weeks. So there may be some doggy action behind me, kind of barking from one side to the other. Oh, yeah, because you have more than Poncho. one dog. Oh, right. two. Yes. <laughs> I'm um, hoping they're going to go to sleep for the next hour. Okay, we're, we're prepared for anything. <laughs> so, uh, listeners, what's interesting about T, as she likes to be known, is we've worked together for about three and a half years now. Mm-hmm. And the cool bonus of this working with T is that the relationship has blossomed into a rich friendship, which means for me that we are constantly sharing partner experiences on this amazing journey called life. Very true. Yeah, and... T, you've been pretty much practicing partners since joining the team, and Mm -hmm. it's great because, listeners, you're going to get to hear her personal partner pitfalls and progress. Perhaps Mm -hmm. you're going to be, I hope you'll share a couple of stories today. Absolutely, and there's there's been lots of pitfalls and lots of progress, so yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we're getting that. Yeah, and you really are living proof that you can upgrade your communication and get more satisfying results by doing so. Yes, agreed. We like to call it reality research, don't you, Amy? (laughs) (laughs) And today, listeners, our theme is bravery. That is how to put on your partner pants to get results in all areas of your life, to really be able to make powerful shifts. Mm -hmm. And this episode was inspired by a book that I just finished reading. And I said to T, oh my God, T, this book is amazing. We have got to share this with the listeners. Yeah. It's called 
brave, not perfect. Mm-hmm. It's by Reshma Sojani. And you might know that name. She is the founder of Girls Can Code. Right. Yes. And just to be clear for the listeners, I haven't actually read the book yet. I tuned into a couple of Reshma's podcasts today, and I can highly recommend that. Mm-hmm. And if I understand correctly, Amy, Reshma recommends 10 different ways to build bravery. Is yes. that correct? 10 yeah. different ways. Okay. She, at least 10, T. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole bunch of strategies. I mean, it just it went on and on and on with very applicable, crystal mm-hmm. clear recommendations. Wow. Awesome. Well, let's go through some of those then, okay. one at a time. Yeah. The first one is called actively to actively seek out feedback. Mm-hmm. So yes. Fill me in. What does that mean? Well, I, I'm guilty of this too. I think a lot of us avoid constructive or critical feedback because mm-hmm. it can feel scary. Absolutely. And, you know, just because I know that about myself, I will often push myself into situations to get feedback. Or like mm-hmm. I have these two questions that I invite my clients to ask. One is, what can I do more of or differently to be a better sister, neighbor, boss, um, client, coach? I ask that of my coaches a lot. Okay. So T, the second question is the doozy. <laughs> what do you need to tell me that you don't want to tell me? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. See, I'm already scared to ask that. Of course. <laughs> Right, they might tell us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and yeah. how does that go generally? Well, often you need to ask it multiple times before mo- most people will tell you honestly. Mm-hmm. And you got to be prepared that they may tell you something you don't like or you don't agree with. And mm-hmm. rather than reacting, you really want to be self-coaching and just say, "Okay, <laughs> so if I." Oh, there you are, Poncho. Poncho's joining in. <laughs> well, maybe that might be some feedback for me. Who knows? <laughs> and um, if they tell me something I don't want to hear, my job is to listen, to reflect back. So if you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you suggest, blah, blah, blah. Right. Then I clearly say to the person, I'll consider it and come back to you. Mm-hmm. Even so if I'm, it's helpful. The thing Especially I want to if it's hurtful. It's hurtful, yeah. If there's anything that's kind of painful to hear. Yeah, because most of us are going to be on the defensive. Mm, something to look out for. Okay. And then the second part is that got to make sure I follow up because it's, clear, it's important. People think if they're asking for feedback, then they have to implement the feedback that the person has given them. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My feeling is somebody says something to me, they have every right to say it. My job is to receive it without obviously sounding or looking defensive. Okay. And then consider it. I might need a day. I might need three days. I might need three weeks. And then Mm. come back to the person to say, hey, I thought about what you suggested and I've decided to implement it, blah, blah, blah. Or Mm -hmm. I've decided not to implement it for this reason. Okay. So it's important that because if if you give me feedback and you might also be unconscious or innocently assuming that that means I'm going to do that thing. Mm. And it's important for you to understand, oh, I've heard it. I'm considering it. And I either will act on it or not act on it. And the reason why I may choose not to act on it. Mm -hmm. I like the give yourself time to maybe ask them if kind of get back to you next week or next training session, because we probably 
would go on the defense if right. something hurtful is coming through. Right, totally okay. normal. So that's good to have yeah. in mind. And the thing is, we really, so many of us really don't know the blind spots we have. Mm. It's, How do we get to know the blind spots? What's make other people do the work. Mm. What do I need? What do you need to tell so me? I don't, it. you know, Ask yeah, me. it might be hard B- because either I might not be able to see it for myself or I may not want to. My ego mm-hmm. might be too fragile, which is scared. So, wow. Okay. So let's look at number two, Amy. Get your fear signal straight. Yeah. So this is where she recommends that you train yourself to override the fight flight reaction mm-hmm. even by doing the thing your brain may be telling you not to do because it feels too scary though she recommends doing it in low stress low stakes situations mm-hmm. and it makes me think about i'm a little bit embarrassed to tell the story though i think it's probably a good example i well well let me Rewind with a different story. I remember there is the, oh, that famous comedian. Um, he's an actor and he, maybe during the break, we can come up with his name because it's not going to come to me right now. Um, yeah, because that didn't help. An actor no, it didn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, American. Um, mm-hmm. Really <laughs> he helpful. <laughs> he used, in high school, he used to go to school in his pajamas to see if he could withstand the ridicule. Okay. Wow. Right. Okay. So take that example. And mm-hmm. the, what I did was several years ago, let's say it was at least five or seven years ago, I flew from Switzerland to San Francisco and I had to rent a car. Now this meant that I had to get in a really, 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 really long line to get on a bus to go to the car rental agency. And for whatever reason, I decided that I didn't need to stand at the end of the line <laughs> And I was just going to go to, you know, stand in the front because I was feeling rather privileged, perhaps. Okay. And, and I knew I was taking a risk by doing mm-hmm. this because it was pretty obvious. Everyone could see me. And sure enough, there's a guy at the front of the line who sees me do this. I'm not even standing in front of him. And he, it triggers him like nobody's business. And he mm. is kind of screaming at me. Oof like across several lines of people and making it really obvious, you know, who it is. And, and he's right. You know, what I did was wrong. It was unethical. It was um, obnoxious. Yeah. So can I just go back one step? You actually did that purposefully. You wanted to have some kind of reaction. You were putting yourself mm, into. I was kind of doing it. And as I was doing it, I knew I was taking a risk to Mm -hmm. be opening myself up to, criticism okay so yeah. I wasn't like "Ooh, let's see who I can piss off uh-huh. it was more like oh it'd be really nice if I don't have to wait in this long line Oops, okay this is mm-hmm. this is risky so you just pretended to not see the line I don't remember now how I managed it I think it was sort of easy to just sort of um ease my way in at the same time it was really obvious you know I yeah, knew I was what I was doing was wrong See, this I is shocking, shocking for me to hear as a British person because in France <laughs> queue is a is an issue French people don't kind of respect cues and that's just part of their culture. They'll just jump in front of you and go, go, go. Yeah, I was was channeling my inner French person. No, because this is something that I've had to get used to because British people are kind of like very, everybody in their place and this is the rules and yeah, nobody else. 
Okay. Yeah, this guy might have been things. half British because maybe. He, <laughs> and in this, you know, what I was doing, I, I agree with the British philosophy. What mm. I was doing was not cool. And maybe it was jet lag. Maybe it was privilege. Um, maybe there are a couple of reasons why I, I thought it was okay for me to do it. Though I remember consciously thinking as I was doing it, Amy, there's a risk that you're going to yeah. be called out. Mm-hmm. And so that part, I was, I was like, okay, let's see what happens. You know, I, I'm mm. taking a risk here. And so that was me. Um, and, and what I didn't realize until, you know, after the fact was I was putting myself in the line of fire. I was, you know, it was an easy target because I was in the wrong. Mm. And this guy is just verbally aggressing me. And that's it. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. a reasonable situation where I could go on the attack and fight back Mm -hmm. or I could cry or run away or something. And so what I was forcing myself to do in that moment, even though inside my body, I was like, it's kind of hot in here and this is really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I could just slip into the crowd. Um, I was like, "Okay, Amy, you know, it's like that expression. You made your bed. Now you have to lie in it. So So what did you say? Nothing. Uh-oh. And it, One of those cheeky pauses again. No, it was, uh, th- I was practicing being Zen. Okay. I was, calm. Pra- I was practicing being calm in a situation where someone was being aggressive with me. So oh. I was, to me, that was a, a concrete example where I was actively working to override, you know, the predator or the prey reaction, the fight or the flight. Okay, so you really took the reality research to the next step. (laughs) I don't recommend listeners try this out. No, I don't either. (laughs) Unfortunately, there's going to be situations we're going to find ourselves in, perhaps more innocent than the way I approached it. Possibly. You know, and you're going Mm -hmm. to be, find yourself that you're going to want to react in fight or flight. You're going to, someone's going to maybe accuse you unfairly or unknowingly of something. Yeah. And and that's enough that's a even more tempting to go fight to go predator or prey to defend yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Or if someone else you're with is being attacked to defend them. Mm. So in those situations can you override that instinctive reaction mm. to stay calm and zen because that will pay off in other high stress situations. Okay. So it's being aware of those signals and what triggers to get you your know, fear signals straight. Um, noticing the signals mm-hmm. as they come up, mm-hmm. reminding yourself, okay, no one's going to, you know, this guy didn't have a knife. He wasn't threatening me physically. I, he was just, you know, verbally aggressing me. I'm, my life is not at risk. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so just being conscious and aware of that and seeing if you can keep yourself physically, externally as calm as possible. Because internally, mm-hmm. You'll still probably be lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Okay. So should we move on to number three? Yeah. I, don't, I hopefully don't have any more um, reveals like that for this. <laughs> this one could trigger some reveals. Start before you're ready. Yes. This is tra- specifically challenging for perfectionists mm. to. You know, especially I think that the stereotype women, even more than men, that idea that they want to be 100% or 120% ready before they commit to something. Mm-hmm. And it, it's often because we're wanting to avoid criticism. We're wanting to avoid failure. And that's understandable, except that holds us back a lot. Of course. Yeah. You know, and if you wait till everything is aligned, 
it might be over, you know, so you want to live with this no regrets mm-hmm. kind of attitude. And often we regret more the things we don't do than the things always. we do. Yeah. yeah, always. Okay, that's great advice. Okay, so number four, choose potential for failure. Yeah, and this is kind of like the, you know, the earlier one about mm. putting yourself into a, the line of fire potentially. But it's taking and, risks, isn't it? Yes. And mm. if you're doing it consciously and you know, oh, I, I'm going to, you know, ask this person out on a date. I am going to ask for a raise. I'm going to ask for a discount. Mm-hmm. I'm often putting myself in that space of vulnerability and risk mm. because I know that it helps me to get more comfortable with when I do fail. Um, you know, it, and, and and you haven't really lost back. much anyway. If it's no, you're back where you started, right? Well, so well pointed out. Yeah. yeah. And it grows my confidence. Yeah. So even if I doing, it's doing the challenge that grows your confidence, not su- necessarily succeeding at the challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm. Creating those pathways in the brain. Yeah. And something that um, I want to make sure I'm saying her name correctly, Reshma. Mm-hmm. She has a, a hashtag Fail Friday moments. So she oh, yeah, I saw people. that on her Spotify. Right. That's yeah. great. What a good idea. Yeah. Every Friday, <laughs> you send to this social media or your, fa- your moment of fail. Yeah, maybe we should start doing that for social Why media. Why not? Okay. Although you're pretty successful when you ask for discounts or, think, you know, positive well, that's stuff because you because you've been practicing partner for all these years. And because the strategy works because it can work yeah. with someone who's using it for the first time too. Mm. Um, though the downside is because it works so frequently mm. when it doesn't work, it's a little bit of a shock <laughs> and sometimes my ego gets triggered. So I have to, that, you that. know, my job is to stay partner, even if it doesn't, I don't get what I want, so to speak. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Yeah. So number five, Amy, are we ready for that? Well, I want I think I want to say more about this thing about failure. You know, you, you mm-hmm. you're also celebrating the fact that you took the risk. As mm. we said, you can now pivot to your next move. So um, there's multiple steps. I don't know if I got all the steps in here. Um, she talks about when you have the failure, shake it off. Literally, this is fascinating. Research shows that physical activity after an emotional blow is key for discharging oh, energy. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, it is. I know that. <laughs> Living didn't proof. You, didn't you tell me that you've been starting to... Uh, um, start running. You started running recently. And yeah, you difference. yeah, absolutely. I just decided to put a lot more work into myself after the end of a relationship and feeling terrible for a long time, focusing on me. Um, and yeah, after about probably a couple of months of throwing myself into sport every single day, because we all know that it releases the happy neurons and everything else. You start to, it's like taking off a cloak, really felt like taking off a, a cloak of the moments of sadness were gone and the potential for depression had gone. And I just advocate getting out there every day into nature and, and doing some sport. So yeah. I'm interested to hear what she said about that. Well, um, I don't remember that she went into a lot of detail, just okay. that it really has a physical impact on us. Mm. 
And I've even heard the idea. There's things, something that people call, I don't know if they call it shaking. They'll do literally. Literally shaking it off. Yeah, literally shaking yeah. your body. Mm-hmm. And I know um, having a good dance party. Yes. Um, the chicken dance. <laughs> well, chicken dance, that's for different reasons. <laughs> Though having a good dance party can really shift my energy for mm. sure. Yeah. And- yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it doesn't have to be heavy physical activity. No. Just going for a walk. Exactly. You know, that having my dog is getting me out of the house now from in front of the computer three times a day. That nice. It's kind of started with that, and then I needed more, so the running came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and surfing and anything else I can think of doing. Yeah. So go for it, people. Go for it. Yeah, and then she <laughs> talks about um, step. another step is to review, reassess, and realign. So after the failure, reassessing in a way to reframe the narrative, also focus on what you did right. This is an important one mm. for people because they have a tendency to want to focus yes. on only what, what went wrong. Work. Sure. Mm. And then re- realign with our purpose to remember why we took the challenge on in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm always looking for growth and development. So when I fail and some, you know, I get kind of, metaphorically slapped in the face, Mm. it's good for remember, remember, Amy, you're doing this for your personal growth. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then she suggests uh, gratitude. Think about what you appreciate, what you're grateful for, because it will literally shift your mood. Mm. And apparently it's not possible to feel gratitude and bummed out at the same time. Yeah, it's not for sure. Finally, she says, the next step, Try again. Every failure gives us an opportunity to learn and to do something different. Mm. So that's, that's like she really goes, does a deep dive into the idea of when you fail, how to. It's beautiful. Yeah. Because she talks about a significant failure in her life that really mm. left her bummed out for mm-hmm. quite some time. And so she's living proof of applying all of this, these strategies. Fantastic. Fantastic. Have we got time to get stuck into number five? Yeah. So she suggests doing something that you suck at. (laughs) Good one. Right? Yeah. Because you're out of your comfort zone once again. Well, it's worse than out of your, I mean, I guess you just, it's so unpleasant to be so, um, for many of us to be so bad at something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we, there's different degrees, isn't there? There are different yeah. levels. So, you know, for example, me taking running up again. I used to run. And when I started a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I could only do 10 minutes. And then it grew into 15. And then it, mm-hmm. and I was kind, you know, to myself saying, just five more, five more, five more. And so I kind of sucked at it. And today yeah. it's, it's easy. Yeah. Practicing. Yeah, no, that's a great example. And, and practicing wh- partner is also a great example. Yeah, a lot of us are, we sometimes suck at that or with certain Mm -hmm. people in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She explains how when we dare to do something that we're not skilled at, that we're really bad at, that it will build tolerance for imperfection, Mm -hmm. which is very healthy. So true. Expands what we're capable of. And get this one. It gets the gray matter in our brains to expand even after only doing something for two times, something new for two times. Yeah. That I have to tell you, when I read that, I was like, that was highly motivating. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I can 
grow my brain, you know, the neural pathways after just doing something brand new for twice? It's insane, huh? Right? We are very clever human beings. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm grateful for my improv attitude, which is say yes to everything. Like when I was on my holiday, um, I'm thinking of a couple of things. I'd never ridden a tandem. Mm. And my brother has a tandem because he and his wife like to go out a lot. And <laughs> it's an electric tandem. Ooh. So it's, it's speedy. Yeah. Makes and, it a lot easier. Yeah. And it, it was really funny because my brother and sister-in-law were both like, are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> tandem. And I'm like, yeah, why? Like, well, you, you can't really see too well in the back. Okay. And, mm. uh, and you really have to give up control. <laughs> and who did he go with? My brother, Kevin. Okay. Kevin. Yeah. And I, I feel very safe with him. I was calm. Yeah, I was like, him. right. And I, mm. I was, I had no problem giving up control. So they may have a different perception of me. I was very proud. I was like, ah, I'm happy just hanging out back here. Um, so yeah, that was excellent to be able to um, step out of my comfort zone and do something different. So listen, why don't we pause here? We're going to take a break in a minute and Um, Listeners, if you want to connect with me, you can reach out to amy at carolcoaching.com. That's two R's and two L's. Now, if you're ready to take your superhero partner powers into the next decade, join me for my online leadership presence course. You'll be able to find details on the website I just mentioned, carolcoaching.com. And when we come back from the break, we're going to be hearing more about the bravery boost. And we're going to hear a real story from T about setting boundaries and being brave. Aren't we, T? We're going to hear that from you? We are indeed. Okay, cool. (laughs) Stay tuned, listeners. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you have colleagues, family members, or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated, or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make your partner look good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre as well as Amy's favorite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behavior changes in voice, body language, words, and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. 
feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back. My guest today is my social media gouty. We've been discussing the fantastic book, Brave, Not Perfect by Reshma Sojani. She's the founder of Girls Can Code. And as we promised, just before the break, we're going to kick off the second half with a live story from T, a true (laughs) bravery story. So let's hear it, T. Yeah. Yeah, this happened very, very recently, and I think we discussed it a few days ago, Amy, so it's perfect um, timing for the show, and ties in nicely to the Bravery theme this week, as well as what we discussed last week, which was setting boundaries. True. I know we discussed setting boundaries with our children and at work, so it came in super handy in this personal situation last week. I'm going to dive in. I was staying at a friend's place and giving her a hand to get the new house in order. She just moved house. And who's this friend? Let's give them some names. Okay, so we'll call her Jennifer. Okay. She's feeling super overwhelmed, lots to do, lots going on. And I was there just to give her a boost. Um, On the same hand, she needs a little extra. So I decided to call upon a friend. Let's call him Fred, who is a well-known healer in, in this area. Okay, so 30 years experience, good at what he does. And she agreed. And we'd already met him. The uh, week before, last week or so, and the meeting was great, and we were willing to to go. Well, she was willing. Jennifer was willing to go ahead with this treatment. So, mm-hmm. good stuff. Now, after a couple of meetings, including the dinner at Jennifer's new place, Fred had already stayed over in the guest room because we'd had a great dinner, got into the discussion, a few glasses of wine, and it wasn't very sensible for him to drive back. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the, the guest room being free, Jennifer very kindly offered that to him. So something that is kind of uh, difficult to, to admit and maybe other people out there will be able to, what's the word, identify with the situation, yeah. was that Fred was giving me signals of being attracted to me Mm-hmm. and in a romantic way and it wasn't reciprocated uh-huh. so after that initial evening I was kind of relieved when he left right. and knowing that we still were going to call upon him for his help in a few days it made me feel slightly uneasy okay um anyway so that said we got to talking about that with Jennifer and we were on our power walk um and having a chat about how could we make sure that there was no door open to him feeling, to Fred feeling like he could stay over again. So, Got you know, we, we, we decided to invite him to dinner for, for, of course, to thank him for his time and his lovely treatment and everything. So that's where we were at. Okay. Um, what happens next is we power walk and we start to banter and... Jennifer and I were having real difficulty finding out, deciding what we were going to say. Yeah. So it was very clear in my mind that I didn't want any lines crossed. And it was very clear for her, too, that she didn't want him necessarily staying over. Right. And what was it um, that gave you the indication? Was he just flirting with you or was it more than that, that he that communicated that he was attracted to you? Uh, Yes. 
a few few signals and um, also a phone call and a couple of texts in between the 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 second time he came over. Yeah, it was it was kind of black and white, and I had to kind of turn my head away from a kiss that was aimed at me. And oh. yeah, it oh, yeah, was that's an uncomfortable situation. And yeah. yeah, and it's it's happened to me before. And yes, it's something that's puts you in a really strange situation because you can't you kind of feel vulnerable yes. and start asking what did I do did mm. I give out any wrong signals and uh-huh. honestly I just think I was being friendly me right um so it's yeah it's a tough one it's a tough one so Jennifer was super supportive and really understanding and as I say we got into the power walk and we just couldn't get to how we were going to say what we needed to say um and that's weird it didn't right. make sense to me because we battled for about half an hour. And at one point I just thought, stop. And I said, let's stop. With all the training that I've been doing with Amy, and it's even training. It's not, you know, we don't have coaching ses- sessions as it were. We, I, we we talk a lot because we're friends. Exactly. And you, you offer the coaching. And I just thought, what would Amy tell me to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I said, stop. We are going to have to rethink this. And being clear and kind, that's something you always say. Mm-hmm. That comes um, from Brene Brown. That's right. Yeah. And I also love her work. So I thought, yeah. you know, we were looking at that and, and changing things around. And the other thing was for me is that we knew what we wanted to say. We couldn't, we couldn't just say it simply because we wanted to be kind, empathetic. We didn't want to upset Fred and we didn't want to hurt him. And in fact, if we really get down to the bone, and that's now my dog having a dream behind me, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) he's woofing in his dream. We were just not brave enough to say it. Right. Really, that was it. That's, you know, when I asked myself, why? And I said to my friend Jennifer, why aren't we getting it? She just looked at me and said, I think, yeah, I I just think we're not brave enough. So eventually we we worked on what we were going to say and we decided to i decided to send a voice message because a phone call may have put fred in a difficult situation and really on the spot and yeah. i wanted to avoid that at all costs because he didn't need that neither did i a text was going to be maybe read wrong or and this was also in french was going to be in french so mm, mess, yeah lost I, in I, translation yes i think that's a really good point that text mm have even less ability to communicate a specific tone and message. Good point. Absolutely. And how many times have I communicated with a friend or it's, or somebody that's been taken in a completely different way? Yeah. You know, we all know that happens. So we finally put the message together and I was able to leave the, the message. And I know that I'd let you listen to it, Amy. So maybe we, um, we look at what I said. Um, and it was more, di- it was direct when I finally got to it. Right, right. I remember, yeah. <laughs> I kind of sugarcoated it a little bit. Yeah, there was a little bit of waffling. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways that made sense because you want to bring in a little chit-chat. So you're yeah, not, like you want to go you know, welcome too to dinner. Direct. Please make sure you're, you've got the time and we're super happy that you're going to come over and really appreciative that you're going to do this treatment. And also, the, I can't remember what I said. Something like... That? The translation was something like, and it won't be possible for you to stay over. That was it. Right. 
So it was really direct. And that was yeah. what had taken so long for us to get to because right. my friend was saying, it possibly couldn't be maybe suitable <laughs> for. And, we, and I was like, no, this is a right. So we've got to be direct. And when it came, I was so happy to get that message across. Yes. Yeah. And, and not long after, maybe 20 minutes, I got a response. Uh-huh. And um, that sounded like a little bit of disappointment. And right. on the same hand, he was gracious. That's and huge. The, yeah, yeah. So I think we did the right, the right thing, leaving yeah. this message and allowing him the time to think about it and get back to me. And yes, you're right. So you created a little bit of space so he wasn't confronted directly with a phone call. It was a mm. message. Mm-hmm. Also, you that was really important for you because otherwise, if you said, okay, I'll just tell him when he gets here or I'll mm-hmm. tell him when it's at the end of the evening, he can't stay. Which was also something we discussed with Jennifer. Shall we just do this? And shall we just do this? And I kept saying, no, we can't do that. I think we've really got to set, set it from the, you know, before because that was a gift to you. That was an investment mm. in your peace of mind. Because yeah. otherwise, the anxiety and stress you might have had right. throughout before he the arrived when evening. he was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. How much is he drinking? Mm-hmm. So you... He's not a drinker, by the way. It's not. It's just there is a certain limit. You know, I think it's two glasses and you can't correct. drive. So, yeah, it, it, I felt so much relief when it was, um, wow. when it was said. Now, T, I remember when you were telling me the story, you said something like when Jennifer and I were talking about it, I, I gave her um, an explanation of partner. Or I- well, in fact, no, we had been, she's been listening to the show, in fact. Oh. And so I gave her a copy of your book and she's uh-huh. actively working on partner in her life now Wonderful. and has been for about a month. So she got it. Okay, so you were able to offer her some support tools for her to understand the thinking behind it, and then she was able to really support you in this exchange. Yeah, exactly, because she's been doing the the backup work, watching the videos on your website, and listening to the podcast, tuning into the show every week, listening to the replays of the show. Yeah, it's you know it speaks, and so I were I was able to steer Jennifer into the partner mindset when we were completely off track, saying, hey. Let's get back to this. What, you know, as a partner, what do we need to do? And that's where the awesome. kind came in. Oh, that's great. So yeah. they were, that was your guide. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm happy to say we enjoy the meal by half nine, 10 p.m. You, you know, graciously Fred left and we looked at each other and gave us a high five. <laughs> and, and, you know, she had the treatment and everything was well. So really, yeah. thank you. Thank oh, you. Well it's done. Important work. Mm. And I remember... You compared it to, oh, you know, Amy, a year ago, I had a roommate situation mm-hmm. and you coached me on it, though I never had the guts to say anything. Yes, exactly. Do you, you remember that, right? When you came to visit me. Yeah. And I, I'm not convinced that didn't pay off anyway. So maybe mm-hmm. in the moment, T, with that situation, with that person, you didn't, you weren't ready or able yeah. to speak up, yeah. except I believe that that may have planted a seed. Oh, I agree. That it may have contributed did. to your success last week. 100%, Amy. 100%. I really wasn't ready last year. And I was kicking myself and kind of punishing myself. Mm. I didn't get to doing what you'd suggested. And there's been lots of little things on the way. You know, mm-hmm. in a year, I've come on leaps and bounds. And it's still not perfect. It's a, you know, reality research. It's a, it's a daily practice. And um, this definitely paid off. 
And, oh, you know, wow. for, for any women out there or any men out there that have been in a situation that isn't comfortable or easy, you know, and you have to decline and, um, and somebody steps over the, over the mark, I mean, please think about the story and, uh, and be clear and kind, as Brene would say. Yeah. And I want to, um, we have a couple more point, uh, points that we want to talk about that Reshma discussed. So I want to skip to number eight mm-hmm. um, because okay. it relates so directly to your story. Okay. Let me just get to number eight. Is that the next, the need to please? Yeah. Hmm. Right. And yeah, this is it. It's kind of like my panic, my inner panic was, oh, you know, I'm going to hurt. I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. And did it. And on the same hand, you know, I, I'm number one. I should be important to me. And that's we've talked about that before. Yeah. And hu- as humans, I don't know why we want to please all the time. Oh, because it's, it, it, um, acceptance. it's more than acceptance. It's that we associate it with survival. Mm-hmm. Because if I displease someone, they may reject me. If my re- they reject me, I may, may get pushed out of the the tribe, so to speak. Wow. Yeah. So it's not rational thinking, mm. though it's very unconscious for many of us. And I think that's mm-hmm. why it happens. And yeah. And so often we tie, we associate our value as a human being with, you know, if someone accepts me or rejects me. Mm. So I, I think it's important to get comfortable with the fact that not everyone's going to like you or understand yeah. you sometimes. Yeah, and if you sure. know you're being clear and kind, like you said, you know, you can live with yourself. Yeah. 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 I remember one time many, many years ago, I had a young student who um, I was coaching him really directly and really challenging him. And he blew up at me and he, he said, um, you're I think he literally accused me of causing him psychological distress. Yeah, it was really kind of guilt-ridden and heavy. And then he Mm -hmm. slips in the fact that his father is a professional presenter or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying I was perfect at coaching him and I could have adjusted, though I remember thinking, you know, this, I'm not going to nail it a hundred percent every time, all the time. Yeah. And it felt like this was a lot more about his baggage and his issue with his father and his need for, to please his father and maybe mm-hmm. present the way his father thinks he should present. Mm-hmm. And um, not your way. And yeah. And maybe my style was too, it, this, it was confrontive or challenging for him. Mm. Though I remember thinking, okay, he, he's really pissed off. He's I really suck in his eyes and mm. I probably get a really bad recommendation if, you know, he were to make he one. Insist. Yeah. And I remember just being like, all right, that, that it, it is what it is. I wasn't able thrilled. to let it go. Yeah. That mm. I really was able to just be at peace with the fact that, that my style and my approach is not going to be for everyone all the time. Yeah. I hear yeah. it. Yeah. Good. Well, well done, you. Yeah, and then this goes to, I think, even number, let's go with, skip to number nine before we go back to number six. Mm, okay, so trust yourself. Yeah. And, and check with your intuition. Mm. Oh, yes. Don't give in just to be agreeable because this mm-hmm. is where we can build resentment. Mm. And a lot of times, T, what I'll do is if I'm thinking about doing something I'll check in. How will I feel if I do this or how if I feel, will I feel if I don't do this? 
whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then if I realize there's a risk that I will feel resentful, <clears throat> I'll take action to avoid that. Because mm. if I feel resentful, that's telling me that something's off. Yeah. And so that's a way that helps me to trust myself when I'm not always that's clear cool. what to do. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Okay, should we go back to, up to number six? Sure. <laughs> we said take on a physical challenge. So yeah. we mentioned that already. Well, what we mentioned earlier was use physical exercise to mm. expel negative feelings, mm-hmm. negative, uh, a negative state. Yeah. This is different. Okay. And uh, it's like she talks about playing a sport to be, build self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And it's a way, it's a challenge, challenging your, yourself outside your comfort zone. So I often think, because I... I've always had a story about me that I'm not very sporty. I'm not very athletic. And about 18 years ago now, my good friend Karen said, hey, Amy, do you want to come see my husband be a cheerleader because he's going to be perform, um, participating in a 42-kilometer, that's 26-mile ski marathon, cross-country mm-hmm. ski marathon? And I said, yeah, Sure. Well, we go to the eastern part of Switzerland, an area called Davos, and we go to we attend the as spectators the Engadine ski race. Mm-hmm. And there we watch about twelve thousand people of all different ages and physical abilities do these forty-two kilometers. At the end of the race, Karen says to me, "Hey, Amy, we should do this together next year." Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Karen, you don't even know how to ski. She said, that's okay. You'll teach me. Yeah. Awesome. You know, so so bold, so brave. Yeah. And when I say yes to things, my Mm. commit, it's usually like, okay, I'm committing to it. Mm. So I said yes to this. And then I went home, T, and I calculated my current speed because I was doing something called classic skating, which is in the tracks. Mm -hmm. And I was so slow that I wasn't even going to make the cutoff of the six, uh, six or six and a half hours. So I, it would have taken me eight hours to do 42 oh, wow. kilometers. That's how slow I so was. So that could have put you off after calculating that, essentially. That could have yes. been a, oh, no, let's you know find an excuse. I'm never going to do it. And that happens, right? The problem was I already had a solution. <laughs> what was your solution? It was not a solution I was excited about. It was learning to do something called ski skating, uh-huh. which is like cross-country skiing, except you're rollerblading. You're pushing off on the skis instead of going straight in a track. Awesome. And you go faster. Yeah. And as you can imagine, it takes more effort. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and I was not convinced that I would be in the shape, the skill to be able to do this. And you had um, a year to get ready, right? Is that what you I said? did. I had a year and you can do a lot in a year. Yeah, one can, one can, <laughs> if one pushes oneself. Oh yeah. And I remember T the three weeks before the race, my quality of life just tanked because I was so stressed. I was not oh, convinced that I would do the to. race. Yeah. And I was also worried if I did the race, I was gonna suffer for six hours plus, <laughs> you know, two days or three days afterwards recovering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the end. I did the race. I did it in four hours and 44 minutes. It was the fastest I've ever done the race since then. Incredible. 
the, uh, the, the winds, the gods were with me because mm. the winds were at my back almost the whole time. And, oh. and did your it, friend do it too? Oh, yeah. She was faster than me. She was amazing. Wow. Yeah. And Love it. It, ever since then, I, so I do the race every year, every other year, because now I get what it does for my confidence. Mm, absolutely. Extraordinary. Isn't it? So what's yeah. next on your list, Amy? For physical challenges? Yeah. Well, apparently I'm going to be doing something called, I think it's called body surfing. So my friends have just invited me. You get on a surfboard behind a boat and then you let go of the rope and you surf in the wave that the boat creates. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So you're going to be laying down. No. You're going to stand up. Apparently, I'm supposed to stand up. That's how it is in the videos. So you're going to have to train with me. Okay. (laughs) Maybe it's not called body surfing. I don't know. No, I don't think it's called body surfing. That's kind of surfing. uh, That's more more traditional. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it done. Obviously, I surf quite a lot here living by the the ocean. So if you want to trip down and some support, I'll be there to help. (laughs) Let me know how that goes. I will. I'll have pictures. (laughs) Good. So let's jump into number seven, which is use your hands. Yeah, I think there's something about doing something that's tangible, that's tactile, that uses a different part of the brain Mm -hmm. that can give one confidence, whether it's, I mean, I remember putting together some Ikea furniture and I was so impressed with myself. Yeah, that can be a challenge. (laughs) For some people, it's gardening. For some people, it's bike maintenance or house repairs. So, yeah, that's apparently another way to show bravery, build bravery. Mm. And just fixing something in the house for me. Yeah, that's a bonus thing. Yeah, just, well, it's double whammy, isn't it? Because if you can do it yourself, you don't have to call on anybody. You don't have to pay anybody. And then you feel great afterwards. Yeah. And actually, Boo, you know, my daughter is very hands-on. So if things Ooh. get broken, we look at it together and go, come on, let's do it. She's great at it. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, you do so I'm many things. Dog because I've got okay, two good. Dog well, now we've got a little dog. This is not, what's this, this guy's this name? This is not Poncho. This is Louie, a girl. And Poncho's next to me. He's too Lori? Louie. Louie. Hi, Louie. <laughs> she can't hear you. Oh, okay. So, if, yeah, I'm going to give them cuddles just to keep them calm. Okay, so let's do the last one because we're just at four minutes now. So okay. let's make sure the listeners get the final one. This is a doozy. You can say that one. This one, my friends, is <laughs> no fucks given. <laughs> and it's just, Mr. Senjin, just don't let yourself be... Um, worry about other people's judgment of you because my friends, they will judge you. Mm -hmm. Our brains are built for that, unfortunately. And so Reshma gives examples to consciously look for stories of people who speak their truth. Yeah. Love it. A whole bunch of examples. She said um, her examples were Madonna, the actress, Frances Mm -hmm. McDormand, Mm -hmm. Beyonce, for Mm -hmm. sure. The comedian. What's that? Divas. Yeah. The comedian Amy Schumer, mm-hmm. Congresswoman Maxine Waters, mm-hmm. athlete Kieran Gandhi, actress Dame Helen Mirren. Yeah. And I would add to that list um, gymnast Simone Biles. I mean, what she just mm-hmm. did a couple of weeks ago to dare to say, hey, I'm not in the right condition to perform. To yeah. be that bold and brave and listen mm-hmm. to herself, to trust herself and say, 
and, and in front of the literally the whole world to say, yeah, right. Not doing it. Hats right. off. Right. hundred percent. So there we go. Listeners that are, those are the highlights for the book from Reshma Sujani, Brave, Not Perfect. Yeah. And don't forget, she also has a podcast if you want to um, head over to pick up on that. And there's also a talk on, if you do a search on Google, the Google Talks, she, they've got a great interview. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to say real quick, my call to action is get the book, audiobook, she reads it, or the ebook or the hard copy. Doesn't matter. Mm. Get it. I'm going to get it for sure. And my call to action is going to be say what you mean. Be brave. Don't go put yourself in a situation that doesn't feel right because you're trying to be kind, you're trying to be nice. And we also mentioned just before we started the show, we were talking about this, Amy. And you kindly said that um, regarding my daughter that she is being brought up in a different way. Do you want to Absolutely. tell listeners what you said? I can't remember. What did I say? <laughs> so about being brave and saying what you really mean and how, you know, she falls down and she goes through right. difficult situations. And the way I'm learning to deal with that as a single mom is to allow her to not to, to not protect her. Yes. To let her... To- Feel her pain. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And that, oh, I remember what I was saying. That's what builds resilience. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Listeners, be sure to switch on, tune in, listen up and be inspired next week when I'm hopping, I'm hoping to hop on a call with Chana Miss, Miss, Chaya, Mystery. Chaya Mystery. Thank you. Chaya <laughs> Mystery. I should pronounce her name correctly. Yes. Yeah. She's a human leadership coach and consultant. So that, and even if it's not next week, it's going to be in a couple of weeks from now for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Now also feel free to check out my website, carolcoaching.com or connect with me on social media, Amy Carol Coaching. And let me know what your communication challenges are, your successes are, and T and I will share them in future shows. Yeah. And if you're game for more, I'm going to be hopping over to Facebook Live about five minutes past the hour for a short chat on today's call. Mm. Thank you, T. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Amy. And thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.